the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our series is called The Life Changer Studies in John. And today we're looking at Jesus as the bread from heaven. John chapter 6. Join us. Truth for today, coming next. This week here on Truth For Today, we're in the book of John, chapter 6, taking a look at Jesus' response to the people who would make him king because, well, they got fed. And then he somehow miraculously got to the other side of the lake. Well, as we begin our time together today, we are reminded of just who Jesus is, this true bread from heaven, and why it is so vital that we set our appetites on him. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We need to get a real feel that I think we, we don't get. We, we step in here out of our secular world, and we don't have the feel of what's going on. Let me give you the feel. Uh, imagine you can't have it. This is the bread right there. Uh, within 24 hours, he's fed them. 5,000. Men, some approximate 20,000 people, just yesterday, 24 hours. So what's on the mind of the audience who went all the way across and around the lake to tracking down at Capernaum? They've come for one thing, and one thing is on their mind, this. Not another donut, but bread. Can you hear me out there? Am I loud enough? Okay. This is all they got on their mind. And even when they bring up their rebuttals and their dialogue with Christ, they refer to bread. Moses gave us bread. You've only done it for one day. He did it for 40 years. He fed 2 million. You fed 5,000. So all they've got on their mind is bread. Comparison and what you're going to do for me lately. What you did yesterday, do another sign. Do another miracle. Totally, totally uh, in the dark about what he is. But if you'll make us bread, John says in the narrative, we'll make you a king. And he went to the mountain to pray, to get away from them, walks across the Sea of Galilee to join his disciples. But all in this setting they've got on their mind is bread. Physical bread. We want bread. We're hungry. We want a free feeding program. We showed up. Feed us. And Christ is going to pivot off of this one subject on their mind. And he's going to take it as his opportunity. Let me tell you about another kind of bread. I'm going to tell you about a bread that comes from heaven. It's a kind of bread that will not meet your need for a day, but for all eternity. It's a bread that's not made of water, flour, 
and so forth. This bread was made in heaven, as it were, that will become human flesh and blood and will give its life for the life of the world. And so there's three things I want us to consider about what Christ says. What is the bread that he's talking about? What is it? Tell us what it is, Christ. Uh, Two, what can it do for me? What can it do for me if I eat it? And I think the third thing, where can I get it? Where can I get it? And so because of the narrative, there's a lot of dialogue here and verses I am forced to just pick out for you, verses to substantiate each point. So I want you to follow me on what is this bread? And that donut is greasy. Just a moment here. Don't be eating this stuff. Um, I want to wear a sign that guy wore. I overcame anorexia, weighed about 350 pounds. So uh, that's all right. You didn't get it. But uh, what is this bread? Follow me. Verse 27. Do not labor for the food that perishes. Have you ever heard the phrase, you earn your bread by the sweat of your brow? He said, don't waste your life just pursuing the perishable. Quit wasting your life chasing that which only satisfies. Don't you, have you ever got up from a meal and you says, I don't know if I'll ever eat again. And believe it or not, you were sneaking to the fridge before you went to bed. It, it never ends. It never ends. It never satisfies, ultimately. But he says in verse 27, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. How long was the bread in the wilderness good for? One day. And when the greedy ones... And the hoarders began to just accumulate it. The next day they found maggots in the bread. Good for a day. Daily bread. And he says, don't spend your life preoccupied with that which is so temporary, vanishes, perishes, rots. Rather, why don't you think about a bread that gives eternal life? Now, this is absolutely radical. We've never had any bread on the market yet that can do this. What is this bread? This bread gives you eternal life. So don't look for it at the store. This bread, maybe you need neutral loaf or something like that, but it won't give you this. Verse 33 says, the bakery for this bread is located in heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So the bread now is identified as a person. You never name the bread he. It's an it. It's not animated. But he said, the bread I'm talking about is a person that came from heaven and is going to give his life. Bread doesn't die, but a man can die. And he gives his life to bring life to the world. He goes on. Notice verse 35. I am the bread of life. 
What is he talking about? He's using the bread metaphor, the bread analogy to simply say, let me use bread that seems to be on your mind constantly. Uh, Let's just take it to me. I am God's bread for your hunger. And he says this, look at verse 41. He says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Verse 50, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Verse 58, this is a bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. I am the bread that I am talking about. Get that now. Move. Move from this. A physical, temporal, perishable bread. Forget about that. Transfer your thinking to a new kind of bread that stands before you. Think of me as God's bread for you. And this bread is different than any bread ever made before. So he's trying to transfer them from physical, temporal. Think of the eternal state. Is it not amazing when you read Luke 12 that he says of the rich man that as he prospered, he he said, I've got to build more barns. I've got to store all this stuff. And he began to think, if I could build enough barns, get enough money in my retirement account, I can quit working, party, have a good time for the rest of my life. And all of his effort was to get his 401k underwritten, retirement, everything to live in this life. That night, God came to him and he said, I'm going to take you home tonight. I'm going to take your life. I want to ask you several things. Who gets the barns? Who gets all the 401k? Who gets your money? Who gets your house? Then Jesus made his point. So it is with a man that spends all of his life working for the physical and has no time for his soul. You've done nothing to make yourself rich towards God for eternity But everything you've invested your life in, you're going to leave tonight. It's all gone. We won't bury you in a U-Haul. And we won't do like the Pharaohs who said, bury my wife, my kids, my monkeys, my pets. They've done it. They've got them. They've dug up these pyramids. Take all this with the afterlife. And guess what? It's still right in the pyramid. The sarcophagus is there. The, the embalmed Pharaoh is there. The ones that haven't been robbed and stolen. You can't take it with you. But Christ struggled then to get men and women to transfer from the physical, from the temporal, to the eternal, to the divine. And this was the struggle with his audience. Think of how much work guys are willing to do just to have a nice boat that they sink. Or a nice car that wears out 
How long does a new car feel new? Usually about the fourth payment. <laughs> you know, it, it, it can get old very quick. So he says, what is this bread? Uh, I am the bread. And, and this bread, in verse 51, he says, notice what it does. Uh, they said, hey, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Uh-oh, whoa. Wait, what are the ingredients of this bread? My flesh and my blood. Now, he was not teaching cannibalism. No one ever ate the body of Christ physically. No one even tried to. It's not sacramental here. Many will say, ah, this is a pre, you know, prelude to communion. This is not what he's talking about. He's saying the bread that comes down from heaven is me, the I am, and I'm coming with flesh and blood. Just like John introduced his book. For the word will become flesh. And so this bread is flesh and blood. A real humanity. See, if Christ had stayed in heaven, he could have never quenched our thirst nor our hunger. The bread had to come in reach. And it came within reach in a body. He came in flesh and blood. And he says, you must partake of this bread, all that I am. Now, here's the mistake. If you made this communion, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have eternal life. Would we want to say that about communion? Unless you take of the juice and take of the bread, you don't get eternal. No, the sacraments don't give you eternal life. Baptism doesn't give you eternal life. Only the bread from heaven gives you bread and gives you eternal life. And so he says, but the idea is, think of me, this real incarnate in a body Savior you must take in all that I am. And you must take in that I will shed my blood. You must take in a real Christ, not a Gnostic Christ, that is ethereal, which is uh, some created spinoff or some ancient dualistic God. No, this is the God of Bethlehem, the God that was born with flesh and bone and blood and dies a death on the cross. You must Partake of all that I am. This is the bread I'm talking about. And when you assimilate this bread, it will have an effect on you you cannot imagine. And I'm going to tell you what this bread does for you. Eat this bread, and this is what it will do for you. Uh, it, it's very unique. Look at verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Has he ever said this before? He just said it in John 4 to the woman at the well. The same battle. I'm trying to get you to move from the water in Jacob's well. I'm trying to get you to move from the physical to the spiritual truth I'm trying to teach you. I am the drink that satisfies. I am the meal that quenches hunger eternally, and trying to get this before them. And 
One thing about human beings, they're always hungry, even when you fed them. They're always hungry for something they don't have right then. And Christ is saying, liken me, I am the meal that quenches. And I am astounded by this verse. Uh, in John 4, drink of me and you'll never thirst. Eat here, you'll never hunger. He'll say it again in John 7. I'll give you a spring of living water springing up in your innermost being. What will this bread do for you? Hear me well, hear me well. He is the meal that eternally satisfies. The famous line of Augustine, Thou hast created us for thyself, and we remain restless until we rest in you. Well, it's the same thing as the diet from heaven. Man, I think of the rich man in hell. He's still thirsty. People will be hungry in hell. People apart from God, they will have a greater hunger than just for food. It will be for relationship. It will be for that deep gnawing. America is abounding in depression and in loneliness. The pharmaceuticals are making billions of dollars giving people enough pills to try to get them out of depression, anxiety, and to squelch their loneliness. And even a dingy, dark-looking bar looks good when the vacuum is so big that you'll buy the drink just to be in the company of somebody. The business is booming. We're not building less bars. We're building more. We're not selling less drugs. We're selling more legally and illegally. What is it? There's something I want to high. I want to fix. I want something that I can't get through normal means. I'll pay any price you want. Just cut me an ounce. Maybe that'll do it. And then I'm emaciated. And I go down to 95 pounds. And you can't hardly see me. Because my eyes have seemed to evaporate in my head. I've seen them. Carol and I went to see a girl to give her food. And to help her. I couldn't see the girl because he was sick and on a bed in the back of the apartment. But the girl that came to the door looked like skin and bone, looked like sticks looking at me. And it was some mother's daughter. It was somebody's child that had been wasted by drugs, trying to find the fix that never could fix. And here Christ is saying, I'm the bread. I am the fix. I quench your thirst and the inner man you could die of physical starvation, but in your inner man, you could say, all is well. I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply. I'm feasting on the bounty of heaven. I found the feast that satisfies the inner hunger and did unrest in my soul. So he said, what does this bread do for you? It satisfies. So when I'm out witnessing, I could say, uh, why don't you try Christ? And if you don't like it, get a new one in about three weeks. Or, uh, I, I, you know, when you pastor a long time, you got washout cases. Well, what happened to them? What, uh, and I was telling first service that uh, we make more excuses for people who uh, wash out. Uh, I used to hear this one. Well, nobody discipled them immediately. Uh, well, not, I think that's wonderful. Disciple. Someone help bring them under their wing and, and get them established. But I'm just saying this. There is nothing that can substitute for a new birth in which you really get the real bread. 
and you get the real drink. And without all the follow-ups, with all the preachers and all the church, Jesus saves and he satisfies. He satisfies. And I ain't, I ain't waiting on a bunch of preachers. And I'm not waiting on a bunch of church programs to keep me saved. I drink of a water that quenches your thirst. Or he's lying. He said, I satisfy. I can do for you what no woman can do for you. No meal can do for you. No drug can do for you. I tell you, come to Christ. Come to Christ. He's satisfied. You've tried everything else. Why don't you come to Christ? He satisfies. Well, I think I tried Christ. Uh, he was in no, no, you tried religion, you tried a preacher, uh, you tried, you never got to Christ. Everything else on the menu might disappoint. When you get to Christ, friend, he says, you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again. That's what it says. That's what the verse says. And so I say, you never got to the meal, did you? You didn't like the waiters. You didn't like the ambiance. They didn't. Did you ever eat? Well, no, but that waitress just didn't smile. Oh, get out of the way. I came for the meal. Have you ever had great food at a dingy place? Yeah, you can put up with a whole lot if the food's good. Huh? Huh? And you know what? It's like that one time I got on to one of our men. We were talking about our facilities and some of the things we need to do and uh, it's kind of, you know, we need to clean this up and that. And, uh, and one of the men said, well, man, we've got to do something about the front. Uh, it, it just, we just don't have curb appeal. I said, you don't have curb appeal. Did, what, what chapter in Acts was that? <laughs> what, what church growth? What have you been smoking lately? I said, I said, curb appeal. We started in a dingy dance hall. We sprayed it to knock all the vodka and the Jack Daniels odor from the fight on Monday night because they had dances on Saturday night. We met on Sunday. And we'd take beer cans off the exit sign. And, and, and our kids met on dirt floor with a Phil Ross and them in the back. And they had a bar back there. And they taught our kids there. And our evening prayer meeting with the men was at the bar. We'd just go up to the bar and pray together. We did. It's the best prayer meetings we had. More guys showed up. Man, serve them up. No, we're praying. Oh, okay. That dingy. I mean, come on. The Rio Theater. Anybody remember? I do. Curb appeal. Curb appeal. How about Christ appeal? Christ is what satisfies. We'll meet anywhere, any place. Tent, hot, cold. God's people meet because we're getting to the meal and the facilities don't matter. This is the nicest thing we've ever had. But friend, if, if Christ isn't on the menu, I'm moving out. I'm going to a tent. I'm going to a field. I'm going where he's on the menu. I want Christ. I want Christ. That we might find ourselves growing in God's grace. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 
In closing out our time together today, we would leave you with our address, phone number, and our web address. We always enjoy it when folks reach out to us and let us know how the program is encouraging them in Christ. You can reach us at truthfortodayradio.org. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. Or call us, 855-833-9864. And you're always welcome to write to us. Letters mean a great deal. 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. By the way, if you have a question for Pastor Phil, from time to time, we do get him into studio to answer these questions. We'd love to hear from you. TFTQuestions at valleybible.org is the email address. In fact, if you're using your smartphone, the Voice Memo app, record your question, your name and where you're calling from, and then send that recording to TFTQuestions at valleybible.org. One other note as we close out our time together today, we are very mindful of the fact that due to the pandemic situations, we are learning more and more online and on the radio. But at the same time, those same ministries tend to be challenged financially because of the situation we find ourselves in. So would you please remember that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? We are dependent upon listeners just like you to continue the radio ministry, whether it's a large gift, a small gift, a one-time gift, a monthly gift. It all makes a big difference as we continue ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ here on this radio station. You can donate securely online at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. We do thank you for your involvement with this ministry and your partnership. It means the world to us. Whether it's financial or, more importantly, prayerfully, it does mean a great deal. Well, we are out of time. We'll look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 